We will now interrupt your regularly scheduled programming for this good old Blake's micro podcast. As with, I think, most things, uh, knives and knife making is not uh, void of uh, fads and uh, you know shifts in uh, desires of certain uh, designs or patterns and handle materials and things like that. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, vintage McCarter or McCarter in general and and some other handle materials and things like that. Just talk about like this vintage McCarter craze, especially Westinghouse. Um, you know, it, for the longest time in knives, Macarta was looked at as a durable, like working man's material. Um, if you wanted to go with more premium materials, you went with mother of pearl, uh, sandbar stag. Um, you went with something like desert ironwood and, uh, and mammoth ivory. Um, you know, some of this, these uh, things like Usyk and whatnot, too. And uh, over time, as those supplies have kind of uh, dried up, as it were, uh, you see a, a shift to other materials that were, you know, are plentiful. Uh, there are lots of knife makers that would put uh, Macarta on their knives, but, uh, you know, again, they were they were just utilitarian materials. They were not anything great, and they did not... Um, command a, a a larger price point because of that. Um, you know, you if you wanted a working man's knife, maybe you put McCart on it. Um, as at, at Sandbar Stag, um, the export of it from India had been a heavily restricted. Mother of Pearl uh, slowly had gone the way of the dodo because the the large. Um, shells that produced it were becoming more and more rare, um, especially as you know other industries uh, you know utilized a lot of the the surplus and everything that had been there. So over um, over fishing or over collecting had caused problems too. Um, desert ironwood, um, a lot of the old growth uh, had been used up, and you you don't see an exceptional amount of uh, the the really high quality dark um, chatoyant burl uh, that you used to, especially in the seventies through the nineties, um, uh, a lot of that has dried up. So um, something to understand about vintage macardas is that um, the the fibers that are used in phenolic resin, so a, a formaldehyde based resin, um, are uh, uh, they did. They differ. Uh, you basically have uh, three major types. You have uh, paper, canvas, and linen. And there were a lot of industrial purposes for uh, Macarta in the the early days. Um, you know, thinking as far back as probably the nineteen twenties or thirties. And in addition with that, some of the fibers uh, were also uh, asbestos. So um, a lot of Macarta was used for industrial purposes and. Um, so, uh, so like flame resistance or heat resistance was a, was a large deal. And you can see some early, um, uh, forms of phenolic resin, um, Macarta in, 
aircrafts and electrical components and circuit boards and large breaker systems and things like that. And it was, it was all used to buffer electricity and heat and, and things. Uh, Westinghouse, um, I, I believe in the late 40s, early 50s, uh, approximately, uh, produced Micarta, but found other purposes in household goods, like um, uh, the uh, veneering for uh, furniture and uh, trays and things like that. So they, they basically repurposed the, in, the industrial side of their, of their uh, product uh, for, uh, for home use and everything and decor. And a lot of what you see uh, in the in the, the desirable form of Micarta now uh, really comes from this um, marketing and use that comes from Westinghouse um, primarily. So it it it's not a surprise at least that the most desirable Micarta to use and and what is now some of the most valuable and I'm using air quotes there valuable. Um, is Westinghouse and specifically paper micartas, so like ivorite. Um, ivorite, uh, the uh, with the 1970s Mammalian Act ban, um, paper micarta and specifically ivorite kind of gave a, a an ivory type uh, material that knife makers could use as a, um, a as a, a replacement for ivory. Uh, where you know restrictions and things like that applied, and as it ages, it turns into um, most likely a cream-colored, uh, and that that patina is something that's very desirable um, in in the knife industry now. Things like patina and age and um, accent is something that knife uh, users and collectors and whatnot like because. The knife starts out new, but then they impart the patina uh, through use and time, and it's something that it's it's very unique to the user or the collector. Uh, you know, the, those those materials don't stay static and looking the same for very long. Uh, they're always patinaing and changing uh, with the the environment, basically. Um, what you see in cost of certain types of micartas. Uh, you know, especially the vintage micartas, really comes from a supply and demand uh, perspective. Now, uh, new micartas do not have the same phenolic uh, uh, resin component to it. So you will find that in a lot of cases, newer resins are a little bit more uh, gummy. Uh, they don't hold the same kind of sheen that the old ones did, and they're not as dense. And uh, there, there are lots of manufacturers out there that are producing uh, good um, micarta alternatives that are kind of meeting some of the behavioral traits of the of the vintage stuff, but it's just really not not exactly the same. So, like um, maybe you know six seven years ago, uh, approximately, maybe a little bit shorter time, uh, there was a, a, a few people that would buy up most of the stock of, of Westinghouse materials as it became available and as the trend started to shift and artificially, you know, it artificially inflated the market and the price. So you have guys who, you know, buy up, uh, you know, entire slabs or whatever of, 
uh, you know, Ivorite or um, uh, paper micarta uh, from Westinghouse. And uh, if it has stickers that uh, denote its its authenticity, then uh, they jack the price up. And it used to be, you know, maybe you could get a, a 316th set of scales for like, I don't know, eight bucks, you know, even back in, in the 90s, uh, not, not too hard. Even in the 2000s, you could find something for 20, 30 bucks, not, not a big deal. Um, it's only really within like the last five or so years, approximately, that you see these astronomical prices, like you know, three, four, five hundred dollars for a you know three three sixteenths to a quarter inch scale set, and uh, up into you know more than a thousand dollars for the rarer like reds, uh, blues, and greens in Westinghouse, and uh, you also will uh, see a lot of people that. S- say things are Westinghouse uh, for the uh, the provenance component, but really there's no way to uh, to authenticate that. Now, you know, it's one of those things where there were a lot, there were a lot of uh, manufacturers of different types of Micarta. Westinghouse happens to be one of them, uh, but there is also a lot out there that was never made in a Westinghouse facility. It doesn't have the same components of Westinghouse and so on and so forth. So, um, I think probably uh, the point uh, to remember is that uh, Westinghouse Micarta, it, it's not garbage, but it's not, you know, $1,500, uh, $2,000 for a scale set type of material. Um, that it, it comes uh, completely from an artificial inflated market, kind of like De Beers does with diamonds. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say it's it's theft, because it is supply and demand. It's finite. There's, there's none, none being made, and there's not a lot of uh, uh, places where you can find it. Um, maybe they're sitting in some old-timers, uh, you know, scale sets or whatever. Some people don't care about it, um, but when people uh, get a hold of it who, um, you know, think that there's a value to it, they end up, uh, you know, charging an exceptional amount. Uh, kind of one thing that about that is that you know there, there's lots of applications where that kind of micarta you know it, it really hits a spot on a, on a, a pattern aesthetic or whatever um, and it would be nice to be able to have access to it at times uh, but yeah you can't because people are hoarding um, collections of it and when they do release it they're asking astronomical prices and to me uh, I don't know like there's lots of other materials out there. Um, there's lots of other Micarta type products. There's other uh, natural materials and things that, to be honest with you, I think uh, look better. Uh, there's new canvas and linen Micartas. There's vintage Micartas that are not authenticated uh, Westinghouse uh, and potentially from other manufacturers. And all of those, you know, they, they look good. They do the job. And um, you, know, you can't say anything bad about it. But I, I really um, hesitate to think that the you know, Westinghouse Micarta that I have, for instance, um, is worth you know four or five hundred bucks. Uh, point being, kind of, is that you know as a as a knife maker, even though you can charge um, uh, higher prices uh, as you develop uh, your skill set and your notoriety and everything, um, you know you can charge more. Um, if you think about a scale set, um, you know the, the, the you have to charge at least the replacement or the fair market value for 
uh, for a, a piece of something uh, that you're putting on handles and uh, you know Damascus and things like that. Like it's whatever it costs or however you can get it. That's kind of how rare it is. And so you change a knife that, you know, maybe it costs you a hundred bucks to make something with a material, you know, $60, $60 a set of nice scales, um, you know, maybe $30, $40 in, in metal and the heat treating costs and Corby fasteners or pins or things like that. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you include a sheath in the price, but you know, you slap on a $400 piece of scales and you have to immediately jack that price up 400 plus dollars. So a, a knife that might've cost, you know, 500 bucks now costs 900 to a thousand bucks, um, just by virtue of the handle material. And I think that's where it's difficult for some knife makers, uh, because the inflation has limited the ability for a lot of makers to have access to those materials, even though they're practically worthless in, in terms of their material quality. Like it's no different than um, the, the the quality or um, um, material aesthetic of like rich light or a new paper micarta, but it has this um, this you know, desire in the industry and it has to be authentic Westy. And because it's that it costs more, I would not get too hung up on that. If, if knife, if knife, uh, handle suppliers or, or private collectors or whatever are trying to charge an astronomical amount for, uh, for Micarta, it will solve itself because eventually people are going to move on to something else. The fat is going to be over. And instead of um, having that uh, available as an option at the high astronomical prices that are being charged now, nobody will want to pay for it. So uh, those those supplies will be largely defunct. I, I think that we're probably on the verge of that. It's been a good run. People do like Macarta. Less people are willing to pay pay the high prices, and so eventually, you know, people are going to move on to the other things that are available. And then uh, that that uh, market is going to have a bubble, and all these people who are sitting on you know their quote unquote hordes of materials uh, will likely um, lose an exceptional amount of value because of the uh, the, the greed um, associated with it. So, I mean, I cannot I, I can't fault a, a person for uh, selling something at a fair price, or, you know, based on demand and everything. Uh, but to artificially limit the supplies of availability and whatnot, because you know you you bought it low and you want to sell it extraordinarily high. Um, if a bubble occurs, I will not be too too upset over it. Mostly because uh, I would never charge those type of prices for the Westinghouse that I have. You know, maybe uh, maybe a reasonable price like you know. 150, 200 bucks uh, for a scale set to put it on a knife, um, just because that's kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, but I likely would just be depleting my stock and never be able to replace it. So once it's gone, it's gone. So um, you know th- those those type of material ethics um, and treating your customers right based on um, ba- based on the fact that you know not everybody has an extra 500 to a thousand dollars to dump into a knife. Uh, for the, the handle material itself, it's kind of um, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, kind of somewhere where I draw the line is like uh, antique ivory, mammoth ivory, uh, some exceptional uh, like exhibition style uh, sandbar stags. You know, like those are so incredibly hard to find and so finite that really each piece is very unique. And uh, you know, I don't know, it's it's just it's just like you're never gonna find it again. 
Westinghouse is really one of those things where it's more that people have it and uh, a few people uh, have larger supplies of it and they jack the prices up artificially. So, um, you know, just buyer beware. Um, you know, not everybody's going to be able to afford it and it's a self-solving problem. The, the bubble will pop. People move on to other things. Collectors will want other things. And then, <clears throat> you, you know, you might find that those people who hold on to them, uh, their, their uh, assets depreciate significantly and then they end up selling it because they move on to something else too. So, um, you know, don't get too hung up on it. Um, there are uh, avenues out there to buy uh, less expensive uh, Westinghouse and other things from people who, uh, you know, are private collectors of it and just want you know it to go in the hands of makers and, um, you know, be used for customers. So uh, you can kind of find it around, but it's getting pretty hard. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe if your customer really wants it, then just know kind of what you're what you're looking at price wise. But, you know, again, there's a there's a lot of other materials out there that I think are are as nice, probably superior to that, um, you know, the, those type of uh, Westinghouse materials or whatever, because there's really only a few and they get a lot of notoriety. But, I, you know, again, they'll go the way of the dodo like uh, Usyk. Nobody really uses Usyk anymore, um, except on, you know, represent representing uh, the older knife makers or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I hope that helps, um, you know, really just to think about the materials uh, choices that you're offering to your customers. Think about the maximum amount that you're willing to pay for it. And also know that there are a ton of options out there that are not part of this, uh, you know, artificially and super uh, artificially inflated and super hyped um, industry that is vintage Macarta. Thank <laughs> you.